Let's talk about some stuff this week. Yeah. It's March. It is March. March has been off to a bad start for me. We're marching forward. <laughs> that's it. Yep. That's Basically. how we're gonna, that's how we're gonna start this podcast. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of Season Name Check Above VA's podcast for you have conversations about anime, video games, manga. I'm Jared, that's Doc Allen Ladium. Hello. And we are going to talk to you about a, a series that aired four years ago in a manga that ran from 2012 to 2016. But first! Yes. We're going to talk about something completely different. What? Yes, I'm throwing you a curveball. You are throwing me a curveball, jeez. Something came out Monday morning at 3 in the morning. Something came... Three in the morning on Monday morning. A hotly anticipated remake of a classic. Oh, Jesus. Okay, I know what you're talking about now. I guess I tried to block this out of my memory. <laughs> I mean, you also were asleep when it when it came out. So. Oh, I know, but like I also played it later, and then you did. We made jokes about me going to therapy. Uh, the Final Fantasy VII remake demo finally dropped. It did. At three in the morning. Wild. Because that's just when things happen nowadays. Yep. Um, and we both played it. We did. So we have some thoughts. Oh, I have lots of thoughts. Obviously, that's that's true. So I obviously we have talked about this at length before when we've seen trailers and previews and all that sort of stuff. We've seen what the gameplay was going to look like and everything. And we were like, mm, I don't know. Yeah. I went into this with an open mind. So I was okay. like, I, I'm going to play this game as they and as they intend for people to play it. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not going on classic mode or anything. I played on the regular difficulty. Like, I wanted to see what they were intending for people to play this game like. Mm-hmm. And prior to this, I was thinking, like, man, it's a bummer they're going with, like, the 15 slash Kingdom Hearts style combat where they're making it more of an action RPG when comparatively the original game was a turn-based RPG. Mm-hmm. I'm on the completely other side of this now. They should make this a completely full-on action game. Strip out the RPG elements. I think the issue... Get rid of it. They should either go one or the other and not try and straddle the fence. I completely agree. Like Both of them work. They just don't work together. I think the problem with this game is, like, there is options, I think, to do this where, like, there are button combinations for you to press to use like the abilities and skill and like spells. There are, but you shouldn't have the menu at all. You should get rid of that menu because like the the pausing of the action just to to to, to select skills and everything, like I think just slows down the combat way too much. And I don't really think there's much of a str- strategic element in these battles that you really need to like pause for a second like oh man what am i what's my strategy going into this fight and everything but obviously granted it's a demo of the very first area of the of the game and everything so like maybe there's a little bit more strategy involved but like the pausing of it just like takes you out of the the action too much Mm -hmm. in a way that like i don't think works so like I, i the way i imagine this game is that you just go full character action you make this like as very as stylish as possible. You literally just you look at. I I mean I said this to you. I think I think they looked at like platinum games and like Devil May Cry games and all that sort of stuff. Like that style of action game, and we're like we can do that, and then didn't. Yeah. Like if you went full on in that direction, I think 
it would be way more fun and like being able to like just use skills stuff like it's like oh just like i'm gonna hit r1 and square and that's my spells l1's all my abilities and certain buttons everything and it's just like fast paced it's very snappy and intuitive with how the gameplay and combat works like i can see a final fantasy 7 where the gameplay is like that and it works completely well I but to me to cut you off there, but but what we have here essentially is like that weird straddling of the line where like they're like, oh, but we have to have the JRPG elements because that's the roots of the game, mm -hmm. but also we want to make it this action RPG, and we want to have we want to have both cake and pie, but we can't and want to eat at the same time, but that's bad for you and it's gonna make you throw up. It is gonna make you throw up. Um, the thing that would concern me about like. There is supposed to be some strategy to several of the enemies in this game. And in terms of like thinking out how you're supposed to defeat them, at least mm -hmm. in the original version of it. And so I'm afraid that it would just kind of be like 15 and it's like press square to win. Um, because they don't do it in an interesting way like dmc or platinum or whatever that it's like button combos that's what i'm thinking like you would have to do but then, in order like, to make that work how would you control every one of the characters then you just you swap it you, you basically it's the same way that they have now is that you just swap back and forth mm -hmm. so like you know you'd Which have i did not like that i i liked it better than i think you did like i didn't really have a problem with it so like mm -hmm. i you have like different enemies like like they have right now in the game where like you know Cloud can't get, like, airborne enemies, so, like, you switch to Bear, and he shoots them down and everything. Like, so you still kind of have, like, that kind of element. And then, like, for, like, maybe bosses, like, certain bosses or certain parts of a boss would have different uh, weaknesses for certain characters. So you'd be, like, switching back and forth and doing stuff like that. So, like, it would just kind of be on the fly and all that sort of stuff. And I think, like, you could make real interesting, like, changes with how characters play and everything like you know mm -hmm. you have Barry he can like hunker down and just like start shooting and doing all that sort of stuff like but then you have like magic users like Aerith and like it would just be like a lot of like button combination presses and like maybe like combining magic different kinds of magics together to like make like over like better spells and all that sort of stuff like you could do a lot of like weird and interesting things with the gameplay I think compared to like what they have now you know what would have made that actually work though what's that AI that didn't suck fair um, because whenever you switch to a different character, the AI is just kind of like, it, like you can direct it to do things, but it just isn't good. Um, like when I did got to that part where it's like, you need Barrett to shoot these things down. I was like, okay, I'll switch to Barrett and then I'll tell Cloud what to do. And he's just kind of standing there like derp. And I'm like, buddy, you have things that can hit these. You, <laughs> you can. You have spells. You have spells. And so eventually I had to switch back to clouds so that I could use the spells and then just tell Barrett to shoot the things. And I'm like, that's not good at all. So basically. That's, if that's indi indicative of like later, like how later fights are going to be, that's not going to be great. <laughs> no, I was like, is Cloud just an idiot or like what's happening here? But like. There were several times that I had issues of, like, getting the character mm -hmm. to actually, like, the AI character to do what I wanted them to do. Blogging um, and, and dodging I, feel real clunky. Yeah, I played it on classic mode, but I still played it in the same way of, like, I, there was the option that, like, it would auto, um, like, attack and dodge and mm -hmm. that kind of stuff, but I didn't 
let that happen. Like you can still control a character and that's what I did. Yeah. Like I saw that description of that. And I was like, I don't trust that. <laughs> no, because I tried to do that at first. Cause I was like, eh, whatever. Like, I don't, I don't know. Um, and then I was like, no, this is awful. This is really, really bad. So I had to like get in there and start trying to actually do the things. And I'm like, Ugh. um, so yeah, that was an issue. Mm -hmm. There's another really big issue. Like really, really big. Yeah, Cloud's not wearing enough purple. It's true. He's His not, arms aren't blocky enough. He's not wearing enough purple. Um, Barrett was already a pretty terrible racist stereotype. Mm -hmm. um, like really bad Mr. T land. Um, they've gone in a worse direction with him, which is not okay. That, like, he was a little hostile towards Cloud in the original, but, like, not to this level. And they essentially just turned him into, like, angry black man in this. Mm -hmm. And that's not good. Um, like, that's not a good look. Sorry. That's not a good look um, for a game to be like, oh, you know what? We have this one black character. Time to just make him the angry black man. And, like, oh, you know, you have your, your white protagonist that is being yelled at all the time and you know he can be a smart and sassy guy right back it's like oh this is gross um that's not how their dynamic was mm -mm. and i'm irritated that one they changed it so much but two like that they made it it's like how in catherine you're like oh they have an opportunity to make this better and then they just do the exact opposite you're like why why are you doing these things <laughs> It's like you had the chance and you blew it. It's really frustrating. Then they turn Jesse like essentially into like the only thing that matters about her is her crush on Cloud. That's it. It's like, well, like, we can we can make we can give these characters more characterization, but like if you're just gonna focus in on one thing, that's not really doing much. Right. Like she mentions like once or twice in the original game, like that she finds Cloud attractive or whatever. But then like mm -hmm. she's also doing her job and like talking about other things. But like whenever she runs into him in this game, she's like, Oh, by the way, you're really hot. And I'm like, Oh my God. No. I mean, like he's he's the game is beautiful. Period. Yes. Cloud's 100%. beautiful. Um, Jesse's beautiful. Um it's a really good looking game. It's a very good looking game, but like to soundtrack is a little underwhelming. Dude, I'm so mad that they put in like that weird remix version of the intro theme where they're like, hey, what if we put in One Winged Angel here? And I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, I was about to turn it off at that point. I was so mad. Ugh. I'm even less interested in playing this now than I already was. And I had very little interest already. The way that they try and change the story at the end. Oh, that was bad. Seems real. Like it, it seems pointless. Like, are you going to try and make avalanche less of a terrorist organization? And see, that was one thing that I was wondering about of like, we're in a very different world than 1997 in terms of like hmm. terrorist attacks and that kind of thing. Right. And so it was like, you play, as a terrorist organization, mm -hmm. like straight up, that's what you do in this game. Um, but then they're just like trying to sugarcoat it and make it better. Like, oh, you know, it wasn't their fault. They didn't do it. It's like, no, like, what are you 
doing? Besides just trying to make them like, okay, I was going to say make them flawless, but like make the group flawless and then make Barrett look bad. <laughs> um, and then make uh, Shinra even worse than they already were. Like it was stupid. It was such a stupid change and it didn't really do anything like narratively. Mm -mm. Like it's more interesting when you have to deal with the fallout of like, hey, you did this terrorist act and like now you're seeing how it's impacting people. But now it's just like this very binary aspect of like, oh, the good guys can't do bad things. Yeah. When like... That just they, seems such a reductive, rudimentary style of, like, storytelling. Right. Yeah, it is. Um, that was dumb, and I really hated it. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I mean, I think had... overall, like, the uh, the concept of a Tetsuya no More game <laughs> being a Tetsuya no More game is, like, the least shocking thing, but just, yeah, like... Yeah, fair. I was yeah. hoping... I was hoping when you played it that, like... Maybe there was some kind of positive light there, and then after playing it, I'm like, nope, nope, still mm -hmm. what I expected it to be. Uh, like, you had mentioned the whole, like, they really emphasize Cloud's, like, head pains at certain mm -hmm. points. And they did that in the original game, but obviously because of the graphics being different, like, they're able to really demonstrate that that's what's happening to him. But they do it, like, too often, just in this, like, hour section. It's, like, an hour, and they do it, like, three times. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, it, it only happened once um, in the original, and you get, like, a weird sound effect when he's down in the the reactor and, like, is about to place the bomb. Like, you, if you, you can be, like, I think the original game does it better where, like, it's very subtle. Yeah. This is just taking, like, subtlety and just going out behind the woodshed and shooting it yeah it's like hey did you know that cloud has some kind of issue going on did you know that it's like god yeah now you do now um there something else oh um minor irritants and that like it's not something that really anybody can change um but it makes me crazy and that i have never in my head pronounced it mako and so hearing them pronounce it that way in the game was like, whoa, I don't like that. <laughs> I mean, that's probably just like, hey, that's the Japanese pronunciation, so we're going with it. But also, it is a little weird. Yeah. It's like, uh... But yeah. Um, yeah, like I just, I came out of that feeling real kind of unimpressed. And now apparently it's a whole thing that you were telling me about. And how that that game is just the bastion. If you, if you say anything bad about it, like you are like a terrible person, you can't play video games. This game is just apparently free from scrutiny. And it's just so weird. Like obviously, like I Final Fantasy VII has though. yeah, Final Fantasy VII has been had its you know fair share of just people who are just die hard for that game. Which mm -hmm. granted, you know it's. It's it is a fine Final Fantasy game. It's not one of the best or anything, but like it's fine. It's a good video game. But the ways that like people are going to it now just like seems so weird. Like you can't criticize it in any sort of way. You can't compare it to the original game in any sort of way because this is a completely different thing. Yeah. And like no, that's a f stupid argument. 
you can yeah. totally compare it to the original and despite the fact despite the fact that they're trying to do something different with it you can still compare it to the original and see like how things are different and whether you like that or not that's criticism in a nutshell i mean apparently sorry go ahead i was gonna say there's like a cult of final fantasy 7 at this point and there has been for a few years and it's gotten like weirder with the, with this remake yeah it has it's it's morphed it's basically become like it was originally like Catholicism and now it's like evangelical, like speaking in tongues. And now people are like, oh, if you if you don't if you have trouble with the combat or anything, you're just a bad gamer. You need to get good. Like it's the weirdest thing that the get good f chuds would be like Ugh. get behind this of all things. Yeah. Maybe it's just that the combat system is really terrible. Yeah, like you can have problem, you can have complaints about a video game. Imagine that. I know it's very shocking, but like, who knew? <sighs> and that reminds me today, I had a conversation with a coworker, and um, I I told him that Kojima was bad, and then like started talking about reasons, and he's like, "You have just wrecked my world." I'm like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "I never realized that anyone could say that Kojima was bad, and like I'm understanding now that he is bad." And he's like, you know, I've been thinking of this time that like maybe I just wasn't smart enough and I wasn't getting it. <laughs> oh man! And he's like, you've made me feel better about this. I'm like, you know what? Good. So, there we go. Oh boy! You can criticize things. It's fine, guys. It happens. No video, no video game is perfect. No video game is. No media is perfect. No media is perfect. Nothing is inscrutable from being, from having, you know complaints lobbied against it criticisms lobbied against it or anything like that if you think that you are literally too young to understand anything legitimately or your idea of media consumption criticism is just completely lacking and you should educate yourself like yeah. that sounds real mean but that's the f truth right and i mean like the thing is is that like you should always go into something with some kind of critical eye like you can have fun with something and play it like i do that a lot i play games and like have fun but you also have to think about like how are how is this going to affect people and like are there things that are problematic in it and if so like why are they problematic and what are we going to do about it and like you can accept that there are flaws in games and still really really like the game that's mm -hmm. okay yeah. be critical of the media you love Yes, 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 yes. How many times are we gonna say that? It's All a mantra of this podcast, but like it's very true. It and is. also, like if the if your idea of like facing criticism is to like yell at people that they're bad video game players or like that they don't understand things, when clearly you're probably the one that doesn't understand things. Like again, you should just educate yourself better. Be better on the internet. Don't be an <laughs> get off get off social media. <laughs> you know what? Good life advice. Don't be. A yeah, but look how many people just don't understand that. I know. I'm just saying it's good life advice. Yeah. But so it yeah, is a pretty game. It's, it is a gorgeous game. I would give them that. Like, I still don't think this whole thing is going to be out by the time the next decade's over. Oh, no, it won't Or this be. decade's there's, over, excuse me? There's no way. I, I think it'll be over by the time we get to 2040. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there's there's no way. The way that it, like, the track that it's taking and the new systems and all and them having to figure out, like, how to do file transfers and da-da-da-da-da. Like, it's going to be a mess. Mm -hmm. But, hey, that's what happens when you uh, release a game at the end of a life cycle because you've been holding on to it for ages. Yeah. Again, 
if you want to play a good Final Fantasy that has been, that's come out in the last 10 years, let me tell you about Final Fantasy fourteen. Oh, what it's very about good. Final Fantasy Eight Remaster. I mean, that was a game that came out 20 years ago. Remaster. But they, they the only thing they remastered is they put a coat of paint on it. It but, wasn't really that much of a remaster. Let's be real. But it's still a pretty video game, and it's great. And also, but it's not like, a new Final Fantasy. I don't even care. It it, it counts. Like also, it's a here's good a, here, Final Fantasy. Here is a key aspect of this game. People obviously are coming to the Final Fantasy VII remake as their first version of Final Fantasy VII, right? Okay. Why? Like obviously, I understand. Like you want to play the prettier version of it. You want to see the the best version of this game. Whatever. In terms of like graphics and all that sort of stuff, mm-hmm. but why would you wait years upon years for the story to play out when you could buy Final Fantasy VII for like less than twenty dollars most of the time and yeah. play it that way? Yeah, which is a fine, fine way to play that game. It's a great way to play that game. We've played it a few times. Let me okay before before we move on. Obviously, okay. I don't want to spend most Too of the podcast talking about FF Seven Remake. Yeah. Give me your current March 3rd, 2020 thoughts. Do they make Aerith live in the remake? Will they go that far in, in, in making it different? Will Namora go that far? Namora can't write a f- female character. Excuse me. I hate saying that word, but to write to, to he can't write a character like that to save his life. No, he can't. But will he go that way just to make it different? That's a hard question because like it's such an impactful moment of the game, although it is kind of like fridging a lady mm-hmm. um, for like man pain. Um, but, you know, it, it was kind of like a whole thing for years of like, is there a side quest or a method of like getting her back? And I wonder if they don't include something like that at some point. That, like, they still do the death scene, but they involve a way to make her come back. That'd be real dumb. Oh, it would be horrible. It'd be real dumb. It'd be really horrible, but, like, we're also doing a bunch of other stupid stuff, so why not just go full tilt stupid? Just bring in Donald Duck. <laughs> Might as well at this point. Just have him do, like, the ultimate magic. Gorsh, cloud. <laughs> why uh, are you being so snarky right now? God, he's such a butthead in this. And I'm like, God, dude, like, what are you doing? It's a far cry from our eventual Let's Mosey. Oh, you know, that's that's not going to happen. Oh, it's not going to happen. There's no way they're allowing Let's Mosey. What a good line that is, though. I think that's a key thing that, like, it felt real missing from this. Obviously, like, you know, the the uh, the the Mako run isn't really indicative of the the entirety of Final Fantasy VII. But, Thank like, you for saying it right. <laughs> There's, it, like the charm of Final Fantasy VII just felt missing in this. It did. It really did. But again, like I don't know how much of the charm is really there in that first bit of the game, that first fifteen minutes of the original game. But yeah, it just it felt weird in this. Hey, but let let's add like running through lasers and stuff like that because of course. I love lasers. <sighs> Awful. Awful, awful. Anyways, let's talk about our, our main topic for today. Yeah, let's do it. 
We're talking about Erase. Let's, let's, let's erase Final Fantasy VII Remake from this and then <laughs> dive into this. Go into some revival and fix all the mistakes that they're making right now? Yes. Yeah. See what's wrong? Uh, erased is a thing you watched recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on a whim, and I watched mm-hmm. it in a day. <laughs> one of the uh, this was one of the bigger series I think that came out of 2016. Because mm-hmm. like when it came out, like people were like, "This was the show <laughs> that people focused in on." Because it was like, "Oh, what's gonna happen next? What's gonna happen next? What's gonna happen next?" And all this sort of stuff. So mm-hmm. you are now getting around to it. Um, question. Yes. Is this now your favorite A1 Pictures joint? Oh man, I'm trying to think of like other things that A1's done that I was like, oh wow, that's amazing. Ace Attorney. <laughs> I no, I knew that one, but like Persona Four. I mean, Persona Four wasn't bad. No, it's not. Um, I think uh, what was it? Yeah, Kageyama is an A1 joint, mm-hmm. main A1 joint. So probably oh. between those two, <laughs> really. Yeah. There's some, there's some good ones, but the art in this one was not bad at all. No. Which is good. Oh, man. Um, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Right. Because um, have, you, have you heard of this before? Because like, I know I've brought it up to you and everything, but like, did you know about like the zeitgeist around it when it was first airing or like Nope. I was completely clueless other than you told me that it was good at one point and so I added it to my watch list. Mm-hmm. And then I saw that the dub was on Hulu. Um and I was like, you know what? It's Saturday. I have some time. Let's let's do the thing. And then I ended up marathoning the whole thing in one day. Mm-hmm. Which is a very owl thing to do. Yes. Oh, man. But no, I had no idea. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I knew it had an adult protagonist, but the thing is is that not always is the answer, and I didn't know that. So that's about it. Okay. Well, what did you think overall coming out of it? Do you want to talk about that first, or do we want to talk about... Yeah, let's talk about that first. Okay. Um... So I really liked it overall. Um, there are some things that I would have changed or they were changed in the manga. And I was like, yes, I like that better. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I was like, oh, my God, I need to know what's going to happen. Like, this is really interesting. Um, going to throw a shout out to Ben Diskin. So you watched the dub. I did. Okay. Um, and Ben Diskin as we have talked about before, is amazing. Um, but he did such a good... Whoa. He did such a good job. And, like, I sent, I sent you one video of him at one point because it was, like, the most Ben Diskin line I've ever heard. Um, but he was just amazing in this. It's one of the best roles that I've seen him in. And, like, he's done some good stuff. So that's saying a lot. Um, but yeah, it it was really kind of a, there's a reason that I marathoned it in one day. I was like, I I really need to know what's going on. I need to Mm -hmm. know what's going to happen. Like, it's got a good story and it's got a story that like keeps you really, really interested in it. 
and you really want to know like, hey, what's next? And I started to care a lot about certain characters, um, which is good for me. Um, I was overall very, very pleased with this. I liked it. Well, that's good to hear. Um, and I've mentioned this to you like twice now, but um, the theme song uh, by Asian Kung Fu Generation, I did not know that this was the opening theme for this. Like, mm. I just knew the song. And so like when it came, I think it came on the second episode. I don't think they had it on the first one. I was like, hey, I know that song. That's the opening. You're like, yeah. Like, oh, okay. Now I know. Um, so that was shocking for me because I had no idea. But I mean, it makes sense. Th goodness. <laughs> it makes sense that a song called Re Re would uh, be for something like erased when you're having to like redo your life. Mm -hmm. Parts of your life anyway. Makes sense. What did you think? Did you like it when you watched it and whenever you watched it? Yeah, I was really hooked in throughout like the entire time that I watched it and everything. Mm -hmm. Um and had a really fun time just trying to figure out like what everything what was going on, what the mystery was and everything, um, week by week and everything. I was trying to find my original season let me check a podcast mm -hmm. script of it, but I apparently overwrote it at one point. So I don't know exactly like what my super initial thoughts were at the time but like I, I definitely enjoyed it watching like just seeing like the the time travel shenanigans and all that sort of mm -hmm. stuff and then just like I said trying to figure out like what was actually happening the the true mystery behind everything and then seeing all that eventually come up to the finale and everything and like obviously it was like it was enough to where like I was into it enough so I was like oh I, I need to check out the manga of this so and I did too I think that's a that's a pretty good like representation or it's like a pretty good just like vote of confidence that like hey if i'm enjoying this enough that i need to go seek out the original source material like that's a pretty good sign that i probably enjoyed it yeah <laughs> so um one thing that was interesting for me is that like the big bad in it i suspected relatively early on because of one throwaway line that is said mm-hmm and I was suspicious, but I'm like, I don't know. Like, that that would be kind of an odd way to reveal that. And then I was right. And I'm like, ha, I'm so smart. <laughs> um, But it was just one stupid throwaway line that I was like, wait a minute. Why would you say that? That's odd phrasing, sir. Mm -hmm. Um, So that that is a thing. Um, but yeah, and, and I did the same thing. I looked into buying the manga and then I was like, oh God, I can't afford that. <laughs> um, and then I found out after, you know, thinking about it for a second, I'm like, oh, you work in a library, you idiot. <laughs> and so I went to check and I was like, oh, we have the full run. Yay. So I went and checked out all of them and read them. It was great. So now I know both endings. Because, yes, the endings are different. Mm -hmm. da -da -da. A key distinction. Yes. Very, very different. I mean, not very different, but there's quite a bit of difference. One thing that is very key to me anyway. 
Um, so we want to do a rundown of what this is. Sure. Okay. Um, I will try and do like a flowish. Like I have an episode list up, but like some of it won't be like very neat. Um, so I will do my Rubesti here. Um, which this is in the year 2006. I was like, oh God, that's when I graduated high school. Um, but um, I'm going to say his name wrong. Sa Sa Satoru? Sa Satoru. Satoru. I always say things wrong. Uh, he's 29 and he is a pizza delivery guy, but he wants to be a manga artist. And he gets Got like a scooter. Does have his little scooter. And like one of the opening scenes shows him like getting rejected with his manga. The guy's like, you know, I don't really feel these characters. You already made your debut and da 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 da. Like, basically go away. Um, and so he's doing his old like pizza delivery thing, and then he gets like a flash, and then he's back to where he was like a couple seconds before, and then he's looking around, he's like it happened. Where is it? Where is it? Where is the weird thing? Where is it? And um, then he discovers that, like, there is a dude in a truck uh, who had a heart attack and he's about to run over a small child. Mm -hmm. um, so he, like, grabs onto the steering wheel of the truck and drives himself and the truck into, like, a building of sorts and um, injures himself but saves the small child. And so that's how we're introduced to his whole like revival ability mm -hmm. is um, by him doing that. Um, and so he's he's hurt and his coworker, who is a high school girl um, named Irie, comes and visits and um, it's like, dude, that was cool. I don't know how you knew to do that, but like, yay. Also, like, you need to come back to work because I'm having to take so many shifts. Um, and so that's kind of your introduction to her. And then you find out, that, like, oh, hey, his mom is staying here now because he got injured and, like, she wants to take care of him. But also she wants to be a tourist because he lives in Tokyo? Right? Sure. I, th I think he lives... You're asking me details that I will not remember. Yeah, but it, it's like, um, no, that's not it. I'm trying to type and I'm failing. Uh, yeah, Chiba. So that is like Tokyo adjacent, I think. Uh, anyway, he, he's there. And so his mom, um, was like, Hey, I'm going to do some, some tourism things um because they are from uh hokkaido um so they uh go over like a few minor things of you know there was this incident when he was a kid but he doesn't remember a whole lot about it and um then he's like hanging out with his mom at the grocery store and he gets another revival and he's like, there's something weird. Like, can you find it? And his mom's like, you said that to me a long time ago. And like, it's kind of a weird thing. Uh, he's trying to figure out like, who do I save? Who do I save? And then like his mom 
sees somebody's eyes and was like, I recognize that person. And she's like, oh, you know, I think that like we probably just like saved a girl from being kidnapped because like I looked into his face. Um, yay, girl didn't die. Um, and so she recognizes him and calls um, a colleague that she knew. I was like, I know who did it. He was right all along. Um, and so she's supposed to meet up with the dude like the next day. And um, at one point, uh, Satoru comes back and like, oh, by the way, mom's dead. Uh, she is stabbed by the, the villain of the series and takes her phone and um, basically hides out. And so uh, Satoru comes home and he's like, oh, mom, you okay? And like freaks out a little bit, which obviously, yes, I understand that. Um, and is like trying to like turn her over and check out the knife. And so gets his hands all bloody. And he ends up like running out of the apartment to try and like figure out what's going on. And um, he is now accused of this crime because his neighbor saw him with the bloody hands and she had seen them like have a like small fight it was like his landlord and he broke the glass and so she accuses him of doing the thing and so he runs away um so that's happening and then he um is like asking for the revival to kick in and then when it does he looks up and he's like this all looks familiar but this isn't right like i didn't go back to a few seconds before what's going on um turns out he is now in 1988 because yeah. he sees like a sign that's like congratulations to the school's like hockey, hockey team or te something hockey team like for making it to like the 1988. 1988 yeah and he's like uh one of my favorite things this show does to like differentiate itself between the timelines is that like um when it's in the present time or i guess in 2006 mm -hmm. it's just like it looks just like a regular show like it's yeah. 16 by 9 and everything all that sort of stuff when he goes every time he goes to the past they letterbox it as a way to like differentiate like how like different it looks but also it's like it gives you like a good little way of like yeah a good cue to be like oh this is this is different everything should feel weird and off in a way yeah Um, so yeah, he's like a 10 year old kiddo and he figures out like, all right, well, I guess I have to do something here to bring mom back. But he like skips school and goes home, I think. And he eventually sees his mom and it's like super stoked that she's alive. And she's like, Hey kiddo, you okay? <laughs> What's going on? Um, and so he's trying to figure out like what he needs to do. And eventually he kind of like hones in on his classmate, um, Kayo, who he remembers was killed by like a serial kidnapper in mm -hmm. like a series. I think there were like three people who go missing, include like starts with her. Um and they are murdered. Mm -hmm. So he's like, hey, you know, maybe I just need to like stick with her and make sure that nothing happens to her. Maybe that's what I need to do. 
Um, and he notices at one point that she has like this really gnarly bruise on her. And he's like, is she being abused? And um, his friend Kenya, which the fact that this kid's name is Kenya is interesting to me, but uh, he's like, hey, you know, have you read the essay book yet? Like, no, why would I read the essay book? Um, and then he kind of finds out like, oh, Kayo's having a really hard time and basically hints at that in her essay. This is bad. Um, so he, he goes through like this whole timeline of like, when did she go missing? When did she die? Like, how much time do I actually have? Mm-hmm. And he starts trying to figure out like, what's the X day is what he calls it. And, um, first he like invites her to like hang out with him and to his birthday party. And people think that he like has a crush on her and he's like, yeah, whatever. I'll just accept this so I can hang out with her. Um, and so, um, they have like a argument type thing or a conversation. I'm not sure exactly the best way to phrase it. Um, outside at one point when he's talking to her and she basically says like you're a faker like you're fake like me and he's trying to figure out like whoa what's going on (laughs) uh because like there's several times of this that somebody says something to him like that and he's like do they know that i'm a 29 year old (laughs) he's like yes clearly they know you're a 29 year old in a 10 year old's body that is obviously what they would jump to (laughs) um and so, like, he he promises her at some point, like, okay, well, I won't lie to you. And she accepts that. And then, like, the very next day, he breaks that. Because <laughs> um, there's the whole, like, skating competition with a classmate. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to figure out, like, oh, man, this dude's been practicing so hard and I haven't. Like, do I throw it? I need to throw it. So he throws it. And the kid gets mad at him. He's like, wait a minute, that happened last time. Oh no, I did this last time. And Kayo basically like calls him out. Um, and he's like, hey, I thought we were going to be honest. And like you were saying that, it, you know, it was really hard and it was it was something that you could never win and da 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 da. And like you were clearly holding back. So don't lie to me. Um, and gets grumpy, um, which again, it's the very next day after he promises that he's not going to lie to her. So, like, she has trust issues, and that's understandable. Mm-hmm. Um, and in his quest to figure out when X day is, he finds out that, like, they have the same birthday, um, which is in March. And so he's able to figure out that, like, it was before her birthday that she was abducted because of the age that she was when like she died. Um, so it's like, okay, so it's gotta be before our birthdays in March. So it's like on this day. And, um, he goes and like investigates the dude who was accused of it. Um, he calls him Yuki. I don't remember what his actual name is. Um, but he's kind of like this, like really friendly dude who talks to kids who are, are like feeling down on themselves and he builds paper airplanes and mm-hmm. um 
kind of a loner in terms of like adults. So like he is suspicious to other people. Um, but after hanging out with him, he's like, yeah, there's no way he did it. I don't know what this is about. Um, and later on, I know that he figures out like, oh, the bruises that she has are from her mom. Her mom is like extremely abusive to her and that is not okay. And, um, so he talks to the teacher first, um, What's his name? Yashiro? Is that his name? Yeah. Gaku was his first name. I remember that. But mm -hmm. um, anyway, he's like, hey, um, so she's being abused. What can you do about this? You're the teacher. And he's like, yeah, I kind of had a, a feeling about this, but like I've called protective services and I've stopped by and like no one's been able to really do anything about it. Um. So he gets a little frustrated at that and is trying to make things a little bit better. And there's like this scene where um, they're supposed to like collect the lunch money. And uh, she is accused of stealing the money because this one girl in their class is like, yeah, you know, she's the poor one who can't afford her lunch. So of course she'd be the one to steal the money. Um, and the money is in her bag. And uh, Kayo is like, yeah, here it is. Like, whatever. And the teacher explains like, oh, you know, those two were in charge of the money. Why wouldn't she have the money? That makes sense. And um, Satoru like accuses the other girl of saying like, you know, you're the one who put it there. You planted it. And she kind of gets like ostracized after that. Um, and... I know that there's the scene like where he decides like, hey, you want to see a Christmas tree? <laughs> She's like, it's March. You're an idiot. What are you doing? Or whatever. It's February. I don't remember what it is. And um, this scene was really cool because like they go up onto that mountain and there's like the whole like fox run. Do you remember that? No. Okay. So there's this scene where they go up there and he's like, yeah, I've seen like foxes up here. And... Um, like, once they go up, there's these two foxes that run up and they just do, like, crazy circles around them. And after reading the manga, um, there was a note from the author who's like, yeah, that actually happened to me once and nobody believed me. And so, like, I, I wish that I'd had somebody else there with me so that they could, like, tell the story. And so he drew the scene in here but had somebody else with the main character so that, like, he wasn't alone in that. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cute. He's like, you know, someone will believe him because he has somebody with him. Um, but then they go, they go see the tree that because of the way the ice is and the stars are and all, it kind of looks like a Christmas tree. And she she thinks it's really pretty. Um, so at one point, he basically, like, is trying to get his mom to help him like get her out of the house on Saturday because that's the main day that she gets abused. And um, so he's like, we'll go to the science center. I really like the science center. And they're together and um, it's just the two of them. And at one point in this 
she says something he's like wait a minute i remember this how would i remember this this has not happened before and then he like starts to wonder like oh god am i doing the exact same things again am i actually not going to change anything um but then like march 1st goes by and she doesn't go missing so he's like yay i did it i changed the thing let's have our birthday um and i think yes um she she tells him like oh you know i have a birthday present that i'm gonna make you like i'm sorry i didn't get it to you on time but i'll get it to you tomorrow like after they have their birthday party they have the joint birthday party and they have two cakes and like the sign that says happy birthday says like marriage question mark <laughs> um they spend like fifty dollars on sandwiches which is crazy um and so he's real stoked. He forgets his coat and walks her home. And he's like, you know, everything's fine. I did it. And then he goes to school the next day and she's not there. Da -ba -ba. Um, and so basically at that point, like things go the same way that they did. Like she goes missing. Somebody else, the second girl goes missing. Um, Satoru sees... Um, Kayo's mom like throw out some mittens that she had like in a trash bag and um, like he freaks out at that moment and then like is thrown back to 2006 2006 not 3006 but a long um, time ago or a long time forward <laughs> yeah he's in 2006 and you know he's still like on the run um, so he's he obviously still like he failed and he's kind of freaking out and he runs into Irie again who tells this story about like how she wants to believe in him because like her dad which is the weirdest story but like I don't understand exactly how this would work but her dad was like in a farmer's co-op and they're in a store and her dad is accused of stealing a chocolate bar and he's like, no, I didn't steal it. And no one would believe him. And the guy's like, hey, you know, I won't do anything if you just, like, say you stole it and we'll move on. And he wouldn't do it. And so, like, he got suspended from the, the like, co-op for a while. And then, like, her mom divorced him. And he left. And I'm like, oh, for a candy bar? Like, children do that. <laughs> There's a lot of intense things getting wrecked over, like, the suspicion of theft of a candy bar. Um, but basically, Irie's like, you know, no one believed him, and that made me sad, and I would want somebody to believe me if there was a thing. So, like, I'm going to believe you. And um, so he gets to stay at her house. At some point before that, he, like, calls his pizza manager and he's like, hey, you know, can I come stay with you for a bit? And he's like, yeah, totally, totally, totally. Come stay with me. And they have, like, a meal. And then the manager goes downstairs for a bit. And um, Satoru notices, like, oh, hey, he's called the cops. Um, so he has to skedaddle, which is when he actually finds Irie. So I kind of did that out of order. Um, so he ends up staying with Irie. And starts reading the um, 
book about the disappearances and realizes like there are a few things that are different now. So he's like, you know, maybe I can change things, but I didn't change it enough. Um, also, at one point, Irie just like punches the crap out of the uh, the pizza manager, like straight in the nose because I remember she, that. Yeah, she was mad at him for like turning him in. Um, which is great. Uh, and then. Uh, Satoru ends up like hiding under the bridge, um, like the Red Hot Chili Pepper song. Um, under the bridge downtown. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, drew some blood. God. Uh, and Irie gets a text message from um, Satoru's mom, which, if you remember, I mentioned like a little bit ago that her she's phone was missing. She's kind of dead. She's kind of dead, yes, but also like her phone went missing. Um, and. Cost text. The text is like, stay where you are. And she's like, what? This isn't normal. And then, like, smoke comes, like, out of her bedroom door. Um, so, yeah, that's not great. Her, like, uncle's uncle and aunt's house is, like, on fire. Yay! Arson. Um, so, um, Satoru goes in and is like, all right, you know, I gotta, I gotta rescue this gal. Um... It's interesting how he does it. I never really considered this as a method of like dealing with smoke, which I also don't trust methods of dealing with smoke in anime because it's probably not realistic. But he like dunks a rag into some water and then like holds it over his face, um, which I'm not sure what that would do, but that's what he did. Um, and he goes and he gets her and she like puts her phone into his pocket and he gets part of the way downstairs and the pizza manager comes in and is like man you know these manga artists they clearly don't lift enough um and he's like you know what i got it from here you you go out the back door get out before the police find you i'm gonna take the credit for this um which is his odd way of saying like gtfo like i'm not gonna yeah. say you were here um, cause I'm I, not going to narc on you this time. <laughs> right. Like, I kind of feel bad, and also my face hurts. Um, so, he real uh, Satara realizes, like, the reason that she gave the phone was because of the, the text message that it would have, like, implicated him, basically. Um, and he finds a phone number that um, leads to this older guy that um, his mom was supposed to meet with. And he's like, yeah, so I uh, got a call from your mom, and she said that she knew who this kidnapper was. Um, but she was only going to tell me a person, obviously. Like, that didn't happen. Um, and he says that he also trusts Satoru because he's like, yeah, you, w you wouldn't have killed your mom. Like, straight up, you wouldn't have done it. Um... And so he starts talking about, like, patterns that he noticed of, like, how every single time that, like, a kid went missing, there was always, like, a perfect setup of, like, what is the word I'm looking for? Um, basically, like, a fall guy that, like, there was always just perfect mm -hmm. evidence saying, like, this guy did it every single time. And he's like, you know, I, I'm pretty sure that whoever like framed him 
has continued to do this, but also is the same one who killed your mom. And um, so he's um, he gives uh, Satoru like access to his computers. Like, yeah, you can look at the names of the like initial people I suspected. Um, and the uh, the older dude, uh, what's his name? Sawada. Uh, he goes to meet with Irie, but it's not Irie in the hospital. It's her mom. Um, and so they're they're both trying to prove that uh, Satoru is innocent, um, that he did not do this thing. And um, Irie mentions that there's like this guy that came to the pizza shop that was kind of like suspicious that she like had seen him a few times, but like she was wondering if maybe he was the one who um, set the fire and like all that kind of fun stuff. Um, and as they are talking, uh, turns out that the police have been following Irie, even though she escaped from the hospital, um, or because she escaped from the hospital, and they're like, oh, hey, Satoru, there you are. Time to arrest you. You killed your mom. Um, so he is handcuffed and um, being led away and he just like starts like yelling out revival like at the top of his lungs which um, again Ben Diskin heck yeah you did a great job um, and uh, he it, <laughs> I like that this description says out of the sheer willpower he returns uh, so yeah he does go back um and Kenya at this point gets involved too. Kenya's like, yo, dude, something's up. You're being weird. What's going on? Let's go talk in the stairwell. And um, so he, like, Kenya explains that, like, yeah, I knew she was being abused, but I was afraid that it would, like, be bad news if I said something about it. So I just kind of let it go, and I feel really bad about that. Um, and then he asks um, Satoru, like, what is your deal? What are you trying to do? And he's like, oh, you know, I'm trying to be a superhero. Um, which, totally a 29-year-old thing to say. <laughs> um, but, uh, so Kenya basically is like, you know what, whatever you need to do, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, bud. I'm going to help you. So we have an ally now. Yay! And um, Satoru's like, I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to make sure that this doesn't happen. So, First, he, like, goes and talks to Yuki and asks, like, hey, where's your dad's room? He's like, oh, weird question, but, like, it's at the front of the house. It's right there. Uh, he's like, cool. Thanks, guy. Also, like, those books on your shelf, totally, that's, like, lady porn, right? Not, like, kiddo porn? Yep, cool. Just checking. <laughs> um, and so later on, he, like, leaves the birthday party in the middle of the birthday party, which is hilarious and he like goes and chucks a rock through um yuki's dad's window that says like go die <laughs> um that way that the police will be there and will be his alibi if anything goes wrong mm -hmm. um which is smart um but then like he goes and he sees um kayo's mom and is like about to like shove her down some stairs and murder her um, and Kenya's like, buddy, 
no, no, that's a bad plan. Maybe no don't do that. Today. <laughs> like, let's not make this worse. Maybe don't do that. Um, so then they decide instead of that, they're just going to kidnap Kayo and take her to a bus that they use as like their hideout. Um, and the bad part about that is at one point, like she's staying there when they're trying to figure out like what to do. And her mom doesn't like look for her at all or contact the police or whatever. Um, and like a dude comes in to the bus and like kicks a box and then leaves. And she's like, yeah, that was weird. Can you stay with me? Um, and they're looking at the footprint, trying to figure out like who, who could have left a footprint like that. Um, and eventually they are like, okay, no, like we need a backup plan. This isn't going to work. Somebody knows about this. So they end up just taking her back, um, to Satoru's house and he's like, Hey mom, like it kind of kidnapped her. Can we do something about that? <laughs> and um, he was worried that she would be mad initially, but she's like, good job, kiddo. I'm proud of you, head <laughs> ruffle. Um, and so um, she ends up like staying the night with them. And it's kind of funny. There's like this scene where like she's on one side, he's on one side and the mom's in the middle. And she's like, am I in the middle of something? And <laughs> she's like, no. And he's like, yes. Um so that was that was the thing um and then eventually like the three of them go um to talk to um Kyo's mom and there's been this whole like orchestration of like child services essentially behind the scenes uh and Kyo's mom is like hey you kidnapped my kid that's real not cool and um Satoru's mom's like, yeah, but you also didn't look for her for, like, three days. So, like, eh. And um, Kaio's mom, like, hits her in the face with a shovel and, like, gets a small scratch on her head, which is crazy. Um, and then at that point, they're like, oh, hey, you should really not have a child. This is probably a bad thing. And um, Kaio's grandma shows up and is like, I'm so sorry. I failed you. I did. Um... And they they decide like nope, Kaya's gotta gotta be away from you. This is gotta go. Yeah. Um, which at one point I should mention that like there was a point where the dudes go and investigate like the bus again. Like the I say the dudes, they're like ten, um, and they see a bunch of supplies that uh, Satoru is like oh. Oh no, because uh, like rope and a mask and some boots and like tools for kidnapping and murdering people. Um, so that's part of the reason why he moved her. But um, what was I talking about? <laughs> oh, um, right. So they, they, um, they're trying to take her away and grandma's there and saying like, it's my fault. Um, we find out that like Kayo's mom was actually abused and then started abusing Kayo. Um, and so, um, this part was actually what 
made me start suspecting somebody because there was one particular line that was said and I'll, I'll try to remember to come back to that. Um, but after that, Stro was like, all right, cool. You're going to go live with grandma. Time to protect these other two who are going to go missing. <laughs> I got to figure out how to be friends with that girl because I don't know her and she goes to a whole different school. Um, so he um, like essentially starts like stalking one of them. <laughs> The other one's already his friend, and um, he's just like, all right, we're going to make sure that you have someone to walk home with you and all that jazz. Um, and the other one, he's, like, trying to learn her schedule and trying to find out who she is. And at one point, um, Satoru and his mom, like, are, again, grocery shopping, and there's, like, a recurring theme that she always buys too much. And he's like, oh, God, we have these so many bags. Um and they're offered a ride home at this point by the, the teacher. Um, and they're, they're in the car and driving, and I'm doing the driving hand motion for some reason. And um, beep, beep. Beep, beep. And uh, Satoru's like, oh, man, what's in here? And finds, like, a huge thing of candy. And the teacher's like, yeah. So I used to smoke a lot. Um, and so I need candy in order to, like, prevent that, like, my, my urges. And so he gives Satoru, like, a lollipop, and he takes two, and then, like, the mom wakes up from the back, so he's like, you gonna give me one of those? You gonna give me one of those suckers? Come on. Um, and so, um, that happens, and then at some point, like, they go back to look at the bus and find out, oh, no, the things have been removed. Somebody knows. Um, and so the the new new gal starts like hanging out with them, becomes friends with them. So that uh she's she feels like they feel like she's protected. And so there becomes this whole thing that they're like, all right, we gotta look for people who are isolated and like having issues. Make sure that no one goes missing. And so he realizes that like the girl that he accused of stealing the money was like increasingly becoming isolated and not talking to people. And he's like, all right, well, it's got to start following you now. Um, and she ends up going to like a hockey game and he follows her there and sees her like go off on her own to the bathroom. Um, and at one point, like he thinks that like he missed her and, goes outside and sees like uh yuki's dad's truck drive off and he's like oh god she's in the truck she's in the truck oh no and he finds the teacher and is like you gotta follow that truck let's follow it um and so they do and they're following it and um then things go bad things go terribly um in the anime one of the things is that like the teacher says, like, oh, hey, you need to make sure your seatbelt's buckled, but it sticks a little bit. Let me help you. And so he, like, helps him buckle up his seatbelt. Um, and he gets, like, Satoru gets a little nervous and is like, oh, hey, I'm going to get some candy and, like, opens the glove box and is like, oh, there's nothing in here except for, like, laxative. That's not good. And um, teacher's like, yeah. I would have candy if this were my car, but it's not. There's a reason that I drive a very nondescript car. And I was like, oh no, 
I was right about you. <laughs> um, because I can go back to that one thing now. Um, there was a line that he said um, when Kaya was being taken away by child services. And he's like, you made sure she didn't die. And I was like, why would he say it like that? Mm -hmm. Like, he could have said something like, you know, now she's going to be safe. Or now she won't be abused anymore. Or like, now she's going to be okay. But not now she won't die. Like, that's a very specific way to word things. I'm like, that's, hmm, hmm, suspect. So, um, we learn that she is not in the truck. That instead, she was laced with the laxative and is currently having pooping problems. And um, now we are stuck in a car with um, a murderer. Yay! And um, he's like, yeah, Stuart, it's like you can see the future because you're just like messing up all my plans and I don't really understand it, but we're going to make sure that doesn't happen again. Um, and so he like takes a basketball and like puts it in the car in a certain way. And, it, like, it jams the, the accelerator down. Yeah, and... Uh, drives the car into a frozen like river and Satoru is trapped because his seatbelt is stuck um before that like before he goes underwater though he yells like I know your future and dude's like what what is happening um so that happens and then we find out like oh Satoru's been in a coma. He didn't die. It's now 2003. It's been 15 years. He is now tallish. He's like 5'7", um, which is what he was before. And his mom has been like taking care of him and making sure that like his muscles are They working. don't atrophy. Yeah. Um, and he's in the hospital, um, in a better hospital than like where he was initially. Um, and when he wakes up, he doesn't remember anything. He's like, yeah, I don't, I got nothing. Um, so he's visited by his, his good old pals, uh, Kenya and, um, Hiromi, who was the one who, the third one who was supposed to die, um, but is obviously not dead. Uh, Kayo visits with Kayo's baby. She has a baby. And um, the dad is Hiromi. Whoa. Um, so both of them were supposed to die, and now they have a baby. Um, so yeah, he realizes, like, at some point that he remembers some things. And um, he keeps trying really, really hard to go through physical therapy because there is this, um, like, child patient who is struggling and he wants to um, like be a good influence on her. And um, yay. There's also this whole thing at one point where um, Satoru is sitting out in like a wheelchair with this girl and they're talking and there's like a paparazzi that comes up and is like, look at this man and a like, or this child in a man's body talking to this child and he still has the hots for children and like taking the pictures and like the camera gets destroyed and it's really weird. Um, but anyway, 
So the small child is supposed to have surgery to like have a bone marrow transplant. And um, Satura also gets visited by the teacher who is now a politician. And he's like, hello, you might not remember me, but I was your teacher in elementary school. How are you? Um, and at one point, and I don't remember exactly what leads up to this, but essentially, um, the two of them go to the roof and there, it, it is revealed that like his next victim is supposed to be this small child and that he has set it up basically to frame, um, Satoru for doing it. Um, but then Satoru's like, oh, hey, but also, I know who you are. <laughs> I have all my memories. What up? Um, so, uh, we realized that when Kayo visited and was instruct, like, not instructed to talk about the past because the other kiddos were told, like, don't talk about anything. Um, he, he tells uh, Kenya and Hiromi, like, hey, yo, our teacher was the killer. He's the bad guy. Um, so there's this whole thing about, like, statue limitations, which comes up a lot more in the manga. But he's basically like, yeah, you can't do anything. You can't touch me because, like, everything's past it. I'm golden. Um, and again, like, there's the whole, like, framing him. Um... And so the whole plan is for uh, Satoru to, like, get thrown from the roof so it looks like he, like, killed the kid and then committed suicide. Um, and Satoru basically is like, no, nah, no, nah, you can't live without me. I know you can't. I make you feel alive. What about this? And just, like, rolls his wheelchair over to, like, the side of the roof and is like, I'm just going to, like, you know, drive myself off that. That's fine, right? You're cool with that. And um, he ends up, a uh, teacher, like, grabs onto him and is like, no. Um, but eventually he is unable to hold him and Satoru drops down. Um, and teacher is like, yeah, no, I guess, well, time for me to die because I couldn't, I can't live without this kid. Um, but for some reason, there's this giant... Like, one of those, like, weird middle school, um, like, you know those things that you used to have in middle school where it was, like, the big, like, parachute type thing? But this was an inflatable version of it. Mm -hmm. And, like, somehow the wheelchair is not there. Whatever. And he's just like, hey, all my friends are surrounding me. My mom's here. I'm fine. What up? Also, you're going to get arrested. Um, and so he, he does for attempted murder. Uh, and then we find out, like, Satoru becomes, like, a manga artist, um, in the future, uh, because I think it goes back to, like, 2006 at this point. Um, and then, um, he eventually meets up with Irie again, and that's kind of how it ends, um, in the anime. da ba -bum. Uh, the ending in the manga is completely different. Mm -hmm. Um, and has a few things that I prefer because it, it goes on quite a bit longer than, um, how the anime basically works out. But, um, essentially, like the anime kind of has to rush. 
yeah, in order yeah. to get it all wrapped up while this has a little bit more time to breathe and everything. Yeah, and so um, what ends up happening there more so is that um, the same kind of events happen. Like, he still goes in the coma. He still wakes up, and um, he's hanging out with the the girl outside when she's supposed to get the bone marrow transplant. And the camera scene happens, but it's Irie who is the one who breaks the camera. Mm-hmm. And when he sees her, he goes into like another year long coma <laughs> and um, he has to like do everything again. But um, at one point he um, is asked, like he, he gets to be like stronger. He can do more things. He, he is mostly fine. Um, the girl with the bone marrow transplant is totally fine now, but like comes and hangs out with him make sure he's doing fine and like especially on our checkups um and she has this flyer and is like hey there's this like retreat thing for people in the hospital we should all go and um satoru is really not interested but um his mom is like hey yes we are gonna go to this um so they all go um and at one point it's revealed like Kenya knows about this. Kenya has been working with the um, the journalist friend that his mom had, uh, Satoru's mom had. Um, and they've been working this case for ages. Like, Kenya's mm-hmm. been wanting to become a lawyer. And he saw that, like, his dad was working one of the kidnapping cases. And when the statute of limitations ran up on that, his dad, like, kind of broke a bit and so like Kenya has taken it up on himself that he's like I'm going to fix this um so that's what he does he is a lawyer and um so they hatch up this whole plan they're like hey these flyers are not just like conveniently placed in my room and with her like there was a reason they were here and also I know what's going on I know who the killer is um, so they hatch up this whole, like, plan, and, um, they give Kiddo, like, a burner phone, basically, and they're like, hey, you can't use your phone, but use this phone and talk to us whenever there's something going on. Um, and so they're doing the camping thing, they're doing, uh, Satoru and the little girl end up doing, like, a fetch quest, basically, together. Um, and they're supposed to do, like, chores at some point, and she is told, um, via text message, like, hey, you should go to this cabin, and it's from, um, Satoru's mom, and she's like, okay, that's fine, I'll do that, and then you get, like, a cut in of his mom saying, like, huh, where did I put my phone? Hmm, when did this happen before? Um... And so she goes and doesn't see anything and is really confused and leaves. And then you see the teacher in this other cabin that's named differently. And he's like, you know, what what's going on? This is weird. And you find out that, like, there's been, like, a intervening there that, like, Satoru is basically like, hey, go to this cabin instead of this cabin that was initially um, the destination because he has her phone 
Um, and like, yay, we thwarted him. This is great. And then at some point, like, they go back and like, hey, where is she? And they're like, oh, I don't know. Like, oh, no. Oh, God, what have we done? Um, so she's missing. Um, and they eventually, like, figure out, like, hey, she's on a boat in the middle of the lake. And this is bad. And so Kenya is, like, supposed to go find her um, via other boat. And um, Satoru's going to go up on the bridge, and he's going to he's gonna take this guy down. He's going to take Teach down. And so they have a very similar conversation as they did in the anime. But um, the bridge, like, catches on fire at one point. <laughs> and um, they, they fall down, and um, Kenya's able to, like, rescue, but they're like it's all revealed that like yes he was in he did all these things and he's um going to be tried for whatever like whatever crimes he had like attempted murder da 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 um so it's all basically fine um but it goes down in a very different way and at some point you get this like really cute scene where um you see the the uh, leukemia girl. I forget her name. She has a better name than leukemia girl. <laughs> um, but she like holds up this like paper she got. She's like, "Look, I got into high school! Yay!" And then um, Satoru holds up a paper. He's like, "Look, I got my GED! Yay!" <laughs> um, and he again like is able to start up like his his own like manga company and does great the difference here is that there's a bigger time skip um like it doesn't just go back to 2006 right i think it goes to 2009 um which is key for me and one reason that i like it much better is um when he does finally meet Irie again, she's not in high school. <laughs> Yay! It's still a little weird because he's like, what, 29, 30, 31, 32? So he's like my age, right? Um, dating like a 19-year-old or 20-year-old. Still weird, but like not in high school. Um, so better. Um, but they, they meet under the bridge again and... Um, you know, things happen. Um, there's also like a side story manga that I read that was like talking more about like Kenya and his quest to become a lawyer. And then um, there's this whole thing that like gets very much dropped in the anime about like Irie has a dream and she won't tell Satoru what it is. Mm -hmm. um, and the side manga covers that, that her dream is to become a photographer. And um, so that's interesting. And she had just gotten fired from a job when she met with him under the bridge um, or re-met with him because she didn't know him under the bridge um, when she's like 20. So she's she's unemployed and he has his own manga studio. Yay. Um, I don't remember. There, there might be another side story, but those are the big ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's quite a bit different, but um, I like that ending quite a bit better, too. Like I said, there was more time for it to play out. 
so it didn't feel as rushed but like that's not to say that i hate the anime one because i don't i think it works fine um there's apparently a live action version of this two two of them what two live action versions oh my god i did not know that so there's a film yes which they put out the same year that the anime came out uh-huh. starring uh, our boy tetsuya from yakuza 6 nothing else uh, battle royale nothing else um which i did not know that he was in this and i was reading the manga and there's like this illustration of him and um it has like the manga author and his small child i think he said his kid's like six at this point and asked him like hey do you have the death note and he's like no right now it's Satoru. like i don't have the death note right now <laughs> which was cute and i was like wait a minute then you're like yeah he's he's the live action actor for that mm-hmm. oh so that's how i found out who it was yeah uh, there's also a netflix uh tv series of it which say it was from it, it was made in japan so it's not oh, like okay. it's a, so, so a maybe, u.s version of it maybe it's not terrible yeah um apparently it is uh it basically covers the the manga in full Oh, huh. And doesn't deviate from the source material like the anime and I guess the live action film does. So hmm. it's interesting. But it's a different it. cast altogether as well. So I might watch it someday. But, you know, lack of Tetsuya, that's kind of a bummer. But I don't think you're going to get him for a Netflix show. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not. Um, so, yeah, we haven't watched them. Maybe one day we will come back and do an episode of that but mm-hmm. um dude this was a wild ride of a show mm-hmm. um i really really liked it um and i like you did the same thing like i liked it enough that i'm like hey i need to read the manga like now like yesterday right um but was not gonna spend like over 100 bucks to do so <laughs> but yay i work in a library <laughs> um and turns out and I now now know this. Um, the education librarian, for some reason, is her pet project is building the like graphic novel and manga section of the library. Like that's her ultimate goal before she retires is to build that up. <laughs> and I'm like, huh? I wonder if I can make recommendations. <laughs> um, and that's why partially I donated Dream and Son, which. If anybody listened to that episode, they know that I'm still angry at it. And now it is property of the library and not me. <laughs> um, I will say once again, holy shit, Ben Diskin. Whoa. He did such a good job. It's definitely like sarcastic Ben Diskin though. Mm-hmm. Um. Like, you know how he he kind of does that sometimes in his roles that he's like straight up just like a sassy boy. Yeah. Like that, that's how he is in this one for most of it. And he's just, he does such a great job. Um, And I was very happy that I had access to the dub because I really wanted to watch it, but I really wanted to have the dub because I do better with dubs. And it was great. And it had like a really good cast. I don't know if mm-hmm. you saw the cast and it's Yeah, I saw some of it and I was like, Oh, that that's impressive. Yeah, like I know that I've been like yelling up Ben Diskin because he did awesome and you know, he's the main character. Um, but let's see who else we've got. Who else we have here? Da-ba-da. 
Uh, Michelle Ruff was um, Satoru as a kid. So that's pretty cool. Um, Irie is, um, is her name Sheremy? How, how do you pronounce that? Maybe, I don't know. Um, she's been in some pretty big stuff that we know, though. Um, Jeremy Lee. Uh, da, 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 da. Stephanie Shea is Kayo, which I did not realize that. Whoa. That's a chameleon. Uh, Erica Mendez is um, Kenya. Uh, let's see. We have Xander Mobus, who is... Um, Kenya as adult. I don't. Do I know who Kyle McCarley is? Probably. Um, Christine Marie uh, Cabanos is um, Hiromi as a kiddo. Who Who are you, Kyle McCarley? Do I know you? Do I know you? I might know you, but I don't recognize you at the moment. I like that there's a section on his Wikipedia that's dubbing of foreign shows in English. Um, anyway. Oh, he's in Golden Wind. Interesting. Um, is there anybody else that's like a really interesting git? Sure there is. But anyway, like, that's a really good cast. And they all did a great job. This was a great dub. So, A-plus on that, you guys. I don't know who was in charge of it, but good job. Is there anything else I should mention? <laughs> you would know better than I would. It's it's A-1 and it's not hideous, so that's impressive. It, it again proves the theory that their non-game adaptations are good. Yeah, I mean it. It was, it was really well done. Like I never had any kind of issues with the art. I was I actually thought it was kind of pretty. Um, and one thing that is kind of cool about it is that um, the manga art of it is very, very stylistic. Um, especially like with the way that, like his mom is drawn. And they really, really pull that off and keeping that stylistic look to her mm -hmm. and some of the other characters too. But like they stayed very true to the art style, which is good. It's really good. Um, but I liked it. I liked it a lot. And I'm glad that I marathoned it in one day. <laughs> it's only 12 episodes, so it wasn't that bad. But, yeah, it's not that terrible. Um, I, I, uh, It's not as crazy as I could have been. I've done worse. But I was still kind of impressed with myself. Though. I was like, oh, hey, this is um, this is finished now. What do I do in my life? Anyway, that's erased. There you go. We uh, figured out how to save our mom. That's it. That's it. And somehow, like still be able to use our limbs after 15 years like i don't think that his mom has enough i don't know that you could keep the muscles from like deteriorating that much from just like moving him around 
I don't know. I could be wrong. Maybe his mom was just very determined. But, um, oh, one other thing that I do want to mention really quickly is, um, they do explain how he survived the car in the manga that they don't explain it at all in the anime. Um, I was like, how did he live through that? And just never explained. But the manga does say like, there was a veterinarian who was doing a house call and drove by and saw a car in there. Uh, in, in the river and she saw something floating around and thought it was a head and it turns out it was the basketball but when she like went in there and saw that there was a kid in there she was able to like rescue him do some like emergency procedures on him and like stabilize him enough that he lived but was in a coma uh, before she could get like emergency services there because this is 1988 so she had to like go find a phone um, so that's how he survived it's just not explained at all in the anime. <laughs> just like, surprise, he's in a coma. So, yeah. Erased. <laughs> um, other than that, I got nothing. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode, then. If you would like more from us, go to SeasonalCheckup.com or SEC.cool. It's where you can find past episodes of this podcast and other podcasts like Seasonal Checkup and Jared Now Watch. You can find columns and reviews on the site as well. You can find more from Anladium and Anladium.com. She's got columns and reviews. And you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash anime checkup. And you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash SACOVA. Buy us a slice of pizza. Get access to podcasts early and other fun stuff you won't get out anywhere else. Yep. Next week, next, ugh, next week uh, something. Yeah, I don't know. Do we have anything yet? No idea. We'll have something. Yep. We always do. Yep. Da-ba-bum. <laughs>